Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-hosts, Brennan McCullough, and returning for the first time of 2019. Is that a lie? I forget. But I Matt, Matt Bast is here. I don't think it's a lie. No, I think it's true. How's everyone yeah, here doing? Here I am. It's Hi. Pasta. It's been like months. I'm, b- I'm back. Oh yeah. man, it's so glorious to have you back on the ep- on the show. But that's the thing. I feel like we had an episode with you on it, but we lost it. So we did happen. So, but so I don't know. How have you been? Well, you know, back back in December when I uh, went spelunking in those uh, tidal caves along the coast of Thailand, and they slowly started filling with water, and I had to mm. survive on mere morsels of granola bars that I'd packed uh, for months. Um, waiting for the the rainy season to end so that the tides would recede and I could once again exit the caves. Um, it, you know, it took a toll on me. I'm down, uh, you know, 115 pounds to uh, 65 pounds. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, I actually, I, I don't need to use the keys to my apartment anymore. I just sort of slip underneath the door. <laughs> um, like Flat Stanley. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, I'm officially considered two dimensional, um, mm. which is a disability in 36 states. Um, yeah, other, otherwise I'm I'm doing all right. Bass has finally become a 2D waifu. Oh, yeah, God. I'm eventually going to uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to keep this up. I'm going to see how flat I can get, and then I'm going to just move on to the internet. <laughs> just download yourself right in. Mm-hmm. It's oh, a this hellscape. is quite the blessing for our listener. <laughs> been quite a while since we had Bast on and i think we're gonna even have a bonus episode with mark later this week so that's something to look forward to but this is a video game whoa, whoa, whoa. let's oh. let's let's be very clear this episode is coming out first um so definitely not saving the best for last in in that case just <laughs> just want to put that on the record oh but there's something goofy that happens with mark you guys are gonna see but uh, hey we got the return of stumpers too it's been oh man a hot minute since we played some stumpers it has it's a good long while um also let's oh, if you up? hear just utter nonsense coming from my end like that <laughs> <laughs> it's because there's a lot of fucking construction going on do we want to do this do we want to continue with this uh, we can, if it's not a funny bit anymore, yeah, we can cut it. Oh, man, I think I'll, I'll cut it I, on your end right now. I can't <laughs> even Holy hear, dog. <laughs> that is wild. I'm going to step out of this episode. Oh, no, um, we're going to lose Bren. Uh, Hold oh, on. I think oh, we, should, we should ride it out and see what Do we want to power happens. through it? Yeah, let's really see. And let's see what we can do. I will. I will cut your audio if it's just like me and Pasta talking, and that's happening. If you can go get the construction folks and and bring them in, we can interview them. Do you have a second set of headphones? I don't think they speak English. But the thing is, I I think it does add an element of comedic value where it's just out of nowhere that's going to come in. So let's fucking roll with it. Um, It turns out that Bren actually just purchased a construction soundboard off of Amazon. (laughs) Was really angsty to try and use it. Just really committed to this plan. Yeah, to make our podcast funny. Uh, <laughs> good luck. Um, that's yeah, the, it's a challenge. <laughs> what have you been playing these days? I mean, it's been a, a, almost half a year, it feels like, since we talked to you. I'm, I'm it has not been done. half a year. It has definitely not. He's only played maybe two phone games at most. But wait, okay, we did hear, we were talking about on a previous episode how you did get a Switch because you, your significant other has let, let me be. You, let me be very clear. I did not get a Switch. Okay. Despite advocating for it. Well, so 
my partner's birthday was last month, mm-hmm. March. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what day it is. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I got a haircut today and, uh, the person at the counter was like, when do you want to reschedule for it? And I'm like, in three weeks. And they're like, oh, well, so what What day? And I was like, I don't know what today is. <laughs> three weeks uh, from today, whenever that is. Is it the beginning or end of April? Um, yeah, so... And... So they're really into Pokemon. Um, really big Pokemon Go players. If you remember, I had tried to get into it. And I gave it the better part of a year of my life. Um, well, and you, then I, you also jumped into it like well after its peak when it kind of was falling apart too. So you kind of jumped in. Yeah. But so, so I, you know, I overcame that initial inertia of like going from a level zero player to a level 36 player. Like I got up there, right? Like I had gotten past where everybody had stopped playing. Um, who is it? Uh, and <laughs> Oh, God. Um, And, like, I really really gave it a fair shake. I said to myself, you know, I'm going to, like, not let the fact that this game has come and gone be the factor that, like, makes me stop playing. I'm going to treat it like, excuse me, like a game that I'm committed to and I'm going to, like, grind and I'm going to do all the things. And it just, it's fucking pointless. Like, there's no meaningful achievements after level 30. Like, all you're doing is going out for these community days. They start recycling legendary Pokemon. Like, why am I doing this? Right? It's a phone game. Yeah, yeah. and like, there's there's no end state. You're just pouring money into it, really. Like, it, it doesn't give you any status. There's no, like, leaderboards. There's, like, there's no measure of, like, success. And so... It's really just like you've got to enjoy it, and if you if you don't get satisfaction out of the grind, then it's it's meaningless. So I gave up on it. My partner's really into uh, Pokemon Go still, um, and it was their birthday. Their parents uh, wanted to know what they wanted for their birthday. They got a Switch uh, to play. What is it? Let's go, Eevee. Oh hell yeah! That's what I got. It's the worst fucking game I've ever played in my entire life. It's so no, it's bad. so bad. It so is, here's oh, the thing. For nostalgia's sake and real Pokemon fans, no, it is great. No, it has not held up. And here's why. So if you go back and play Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue on a Game Boy, right? I did this with AJ back in college. We broke out Dolphin. We downloaded the ROMs. We started playing through. I got maybe halfway through the game. It holds up because... The graphics are so simple and the controls are so straightforward. Like the the gameplay is on solving the puzzles, managing um, to like actually catch them all. There is a, a, a very strong, uh, you know, you had your link cable and you would hang out with folks that also had the game and you would battle and you would, you know, it, it had a social aspect to it. It had all of the things that like made it a fun game that weren't necessarily the RPG parts. Let's Go Eevee was just bad. (laughs) So from the core game itself, I didn't play the single player, but watching it being played, it's Pokemon Red or Pokemon Blue with modern graphics. That's all it is. Yeah, which is great. And No, it's not great. It doesn't add any new mechanics. 
it it shows it shows the Pokemon on the screen, which sort of makes it less fun because there's there there's a predictability to it. Like you know what you're gonna catch. You can just avoid the Pokemon that you don't want to get. That's Why would you even buy a repel? It's not an improvement. It's the opposite of an improvement. Like it takes away all of the like surprise and it like there there's no grind because you can just like over optimize for what you're going for, which means you get to skip about grinding. But it's more realistic in the sense that if you were out in the wild, actually being a Pokemon trainer, if I get that, yeah. But you fly through the game. The game goes by so quickly. But then it you still have all of the like weird rough aspects where like the world is much smaller than it should be. And so like you know, on the map it's like, oh, this takes up like half of the world map and then it takes like 35 seconds to like walk the length of it. It but- it just doesn't it doesn't feel good, right? Like it it takes the old game, it throws new graphics on it, which means that now you're focusing more on the RPG elements, which are distinctly lacking. It takes away a bunch of the social features and the non-RPG elements, which made it fun to begin with. It jams in a bunch of nonsensical features like, oh, you know, Evie did this attack with greater vigor so that you would be impressed. It's like, I don't even know what's going on here. Like, this doesn't even make any sense. What is this feature? I feel like that sort of might have might have existed if it's like, uh, maybe not. I feel like that might be new. Where like if your Pokemon's poisoned, for instance, and he's like, yeah, they got rid of the poison like because early or something without using a an antidote. I mean, at at the end of the day, it it just wasn't fun. Like it it didn't carry the same sort of excitement that I have had for the original games. I've, I, I played like in the minority with that. Opinion. I played red. I played yellow. I played gold. I, I played all the old ones. I replayed it in college. Like it, it doesn't have the same appeal. And then to top it off, they have a co-op mode for the switch, right? And one person gets one, one half of the joy con. One person gets the other half. It is the most trash co-op mode I have ever experienced in my entire life. And I'll tell you why. First of all, the second player it just has no control. You do nothing. Like, you could just literally sit there and just wait for a battle, pick up the Joy-Con, do your battle. If you even get to have a turn, wait for the next one. It's really bullshit. So you show up on the map, but you sort of, like, teleport in from the sky. But then the camera just doesn't pay attention to you. Like, if you go off the screen, you're just gone. You're controlling your character somewhere out there. And if you get too far away, it just, like, warps you back to the current player. So I just spent the entire time, like, just walking off the side of the map and then reappearing from the sky. And then walking off the side of the map and reappearing from the sky. Because you can't get into battles. You have no effect on anything that goes on in the world. Like, what the fuck is the point? So the only actual action that you can take is you become a second player in battles. So... Player one goes first, and then player two goes with whatever Pokemon player one doesn't start with. Half the time, player one just one-shots the other side's Pokemon, and then you get skipped. And so it's entirely possible, if you've got like a lower-level Pokemon, and player one has a higher-level Pokemon, you just don't play at all. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, I just, I didn't have a good time. It, it felt like I was just waiting for for something <laughs> it, it it just it wasn't good i didn't enjoy it all of the 
it feels like there were like rough edges that they just didn't figure out. Like there's secrets scattered around the map and they're all just like pokeballs, but you like pick it up and it's like, Oh, here's a potion. It's like, then why didn't you have a little potion graphic or like a little present or something? It's like, you just forgot to make an asset for secrets. And so you just used a pokeball instead. Like it's Nintendo. You guys are like a multi-billion dollar company. And the best you could come up with was like recycling an asset. I don't know. I, I was just, overwhelmingly disappointed. I thought it was a massive waste of time and money. The game was way too short. The co-op mode was jammed in. There was a lot of features which just didn't make sense that they felt like they tacked on to like increase the playability. Um, The whole like picking up your Pokemon to like play with them. Yeah, I was like, that was very unnecessary. (laughs) I'll give you credit there. That's one of the only things I'm agreeing with you on so far, because to me, I I enjoyed it thoroughly. I I appreciated the improved graphics. I liked, for instance, having Snorlax, you can kind of just have him walk around and stuff and like your characters on his belly. Like there's just it's very more cute and just okay. And another negative thing that I will contribute is the the lack of the safari zone like whatever they replace that with with like oh you can interact with your shit on go or whatever like I don't even play go so I don't want to fuck around with that I really just wanted the safari zone so I could get like what is it Kangastan or whatever the fucking kangaroo Kangastan, one is Kangaskhan oh my god whatever <laughs> It's been years. I'm not like a diehard. I don't know. You're Kazakhstan. There it is. Metal Pokemon. Well, is there another one that's nice. specific to the <laughs> Safari Zone? I can't uh, recall. Taurus, Detrito, yes, that's Chansey. Right. Yeah. There's a few. Okay. Um, I would argue. I mean, well, Bass is clearly just bottled up his salt Shitting the whole all time over he's been it. gone and just <laughs> laying it out. Um, those icy roads in Chicago gotta get uh, salted down so yeah. you can uh, get some traction. <laughs> um, I would argue this is, a, this is a pretty heavy case of rose tinted glass, like nostalgia goggles. Because if you're complaining about the grinding, that's literally all Pokemon is. It's grinding. To oh, get for sure. One, and that's making for sure. it overpowered. And it's realized more with co-op that the main player is so ridiculously overpowered. Like you go to the first gym. I'm like, I already got a fully evolved Charizard level 30. And like, I'm only in pewter city and I'm blowing through the gyms left and right. It feels fine when you're the only player, but if you have another player there, you realize like, Hey, this is a broken one-sided battle. Like it's super janky. Um, co-op's never been a, uh, strongest feature of Nintendo games. Like all the Mario games have it where Mario's the main character and any other characters just, get bubbled to him automatically. So, I mean, I'm totally in favor of that, right? Like, I played uh, most of the Mario games uh, for Wii and Wii U, and, like, I can get behind, like, being this, like, weird Luigi character where, like, you die and you turn into a bubble and you have to get popped. Like, that can be fun. At least you're contributing things, right? And, like, if player one dies, it's the same thing. It's reciprocal. But it doesn't, like, overwhelmingly put the burden on just just one player. Like, I have never encountered a game before in my entire life where the co-op feels so player one centric that you would might as well not have a player two. Honestly, like it might as well just be like, yeah, I was going to say odyssey actually, because it's like, Oh, you're just the fucking hat. And like, you barely play at all. I remember I, my fiance and I messed around with it briefly. And it's just like, it, it felt like, but even, I don't know, what's even the point for of being that, like you can do little things. 
right? Like you can, you can contribute at least a little bit. Maybe you're just getting fucking coins. And that's great for somebody like me where it's like, I don't want to invest the time or effort to like right. sit there and like, you know, do what something, but for it to literally be, I just sit there. My character's position on the screen has no, it doesn't affect the camera in any way. It doesn't, it doesn't even try to zoom out. Like it, I don't do anything in battles except for like once every five or six minutes. Like, why would I play? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's literally no reason other than just like moral support. It's it's a real, real disappointment. It a total miss for Nintendo. Super Mario Galaxy's co-op is worse. You literally to collect star bits and can shoot them, but star bits are useless in that game. So there's oh yeah, fundamentally. <laughs> so there is a. I, I do remember that. Um, you're not even a character. You're just the cursor. But I would say, like, Pokemon is the grind. You were complaining about Pokemon Go just being a grind. If you don't like Pokemon, you don't like grinding. You wouldn't like, like, Monster Hunter or any other other games like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I played Pokemon Go for eight months, right? Like, I went out every single day to complete my dailies, right? Like, I I did it. I went play. I physically brought my human body places every single day to play that fucking game. Pokemon went. And (laughs) I just got that. This is so fucking bad. But, like... It, it just it it just felt wrong. Like the whole point of a Pokemon game is for me to be like engaged in the story, and it just felt so linear. And it's like go here and do this, go here and but do this, and like yes, linear. I know the original was like that, but the original was very focused on like all of the other things. Like when you found the fucking fossils in the in the ice cave, like it was a thing because you just went through this whole fucking cave and it was an adventure. It just didn't feel like that. It. It, it well, lost a lot of the, the atmosphere that the, the original games had. Well, because it's a remake, so you're already aware of what the story is, so you're not surprised by, like, oh, I wonder what's in this ice cave. You already know what it is. And it's I mean, that's thing. fair, but, like, why why would you remake the same world from the original, right? Because, like, because they have done this so it. many yeah. times, right? Like, they have done red, yellow, silver, and gold. Like, there's been a million different Pokemon games. <laughs> like, Ruby, just Sapphire, keep doing Ruby, it. Diamond, Pearl. Black, white, X, Y. It's, it's Black, not white, as if Nintendo so lacks the experience for com- for recreating these games in a unique way. Like, look at the Zelda franchise, right? The Zelda franchise started out in a map that has never been reused. It's gone on to Zelda 2, which has never been reused. It's, like, all of these iterations of Zelda are all new worlds. And the Majora's ones that Mask. aren't new worlds... That was reused. That was Majora's Mask was reused, but the game was fundamentally different, Right. Like I think uh, the uh, a link to the past world was it a link to the past that was reused for the Wii game where you what was it four swords and it, I again fundamentally different the game mechanics were entirely changed it, it it feels really weird to me that they would just be like we're gonna take this original game that was in two D and black and white and just make it in three D and then try to like cover up all the weird edge cases that don't really work in the modern world. This is like they the- took all of the worst parts. <laughs> This is like the first time know. they've remaked the first gen. They did uh, red and blue, and then they did fire red and leaf green. So oh, like yeah. they've already done a remake. They've already addressed it and come back with what they've learned. This is done in 3D, which is a whole new Yes, they just need a first this. Switch, too, like to just, I don't know. It a new, yeah, it's a new mobile platform. And it's the reason they keep doing it is because that's literally all it's done. And uh, it's all made by Game Freak, which is a subsidiary of Nintendo. And that's literally all their business is. It's just remaking the same games over and over and over again and twisting them slightly differently. There's like 30 different monkey Pokemon. Like they're all, it's all the same shit. If you really want like a new experience, 
don't come to Pokemon because <laughs> it's yeah, gonna be the same I, I, it's it's a shame. I, I mean, honestly, it's a shame. Like I I enjoyed many Pokemon games in my time. Like I I will not say that I didn't enjoy Go while I was playing it, but like I'm just so burnt out from doing the same thing with like n- no end in sight. Right? Like there's no payoff. There's no like milestones for me to look forward to. Like that's why I stopped playing. For them to like re-release a game and just be like, we've just polished it up a little bit and tried to make it less terrible. Like, well, you could have done more. You, did you know, you could have added new features. You could have taken advantage of like the capabilities of the platform. You could have taken advantage of the fact that like the whole internet exists, right? Like, they should have made it more like Super Smash and been like, this next game has all the Pokemon in it, like from every generation. And if we mean you no, got to catch them all for real much. this time. <laughs> There's like a thousand now with like the uh, shield and sword coming out. I think it will actually be a thousand Pokemon. That's insane. No, because it's just a remaster. It's not like a whole new game. If you wanted a new experience of Pokemon, pick Sun and Moon. They change stuff so wildly different in that some for the, some for better, some for worse. But it is a different style on Pokemon, and it changes sure. things up enough. But if you're just playing the same remaster, and you're like, it's the same game. Yeah, it's a remaster. It's the same. I, I like, mean, the, I, the, thing, the improvements that I'm, I was hoping for, it's like, okay, maybe like when you do an attack, it's not just going to show like f- fucking teeth graphic, like a teeth gif on top of the other player. Like, come fucking on. It's the year 2019. And the best you can fucking do is just like literally have the same animations from the original game mapped into 3D. Like you can't have the Pokemon actually fucking do something like this is the lowest effort remake I've ever seen of any game. It, it, it's frustrating. It's a billion dollar enterprise. Like this isn't, this isn't just like small potatoes. And the reason why is like, they know people will buy it yeah. for like nostalgia's sake. And it, yeah. it, that's, and that's why, that's it. why I'm salty. That's why I'm salty. It's like, they could have done better. They should have done better. It could have been something much better, but they didn't. Hey, Vasa, let me show you all of capitalist society that could have been done better <laughs> and should have been done better, but we had to save a few bucks. I, like, I mean, th- it, this isn't even it, this isn't even a question of, like, economics. Like, th- they could have sold ten times more copies, right? The, the only people buying this game are the people that are like, I love Pokemon, I want it on my Switch. It's like... Okay, yeah. but like if they had introduced something new that actually added some interesting new features and new value that brought the people that had played on their, you know, Game Boy, you know, in in the back of their parents' car when they, you know, go under the streetlights, <laughs> you know, they could they could bring those folks back into the franchise. And and they didn't. They didn't add anything new. They took away a bunch of features that that were important. And they're really just catering to the the people that they know they can squeeze another you know, 50, 100, 250 bucks out of. Yeah, but if you wanted new features, I would once again recommend Sun and Moon. But the reason you didn't want to play Sun and Moon because you were already tired of Pokemon. I think you were just sick of Pokemon and it's not until you sat down and were forced to play this by your partner until you realized it. Because there's a reason you dropped off after Ruby and Sapphire and Crystal and Black and White and X and Y and Black and White too. Like, there's a reason you haven't played them up till now. I think you've just grown out of it and are now looking at it with an adult set of eyes, realizing like, hey, this is the same I mean, that's, shit. That's that not unfair. Saying. That's not unfair. I, I, I think, and, and like, I do have an appreciation for games that like do get resold and repackaged and, and recreated, right? Like, I, I'm still a fan of the Zelda franchise. I'm still a fan of the Mario franchises. I just, I just wish that for such a like headliner, you know, 
the equivalent of a AAA title for Nintendo, right? Like they ship their console with this in the box. For something of that magnitude, I wish they had just put in a little more effort. It's what people have been wanting for years was a 3D Pokemon game. And now it's just mixed with Nintendogs where you can just pet the Pokemon. And that's what some people <laughs> yes. have been craving for years. That's not what we want. I got I got Pokemon, what, Sun, I think? I got to the Elite Four and I didn't even beat them and I stopped. And I have really no intention of ever going back. But I enjoyed what I played up till that point. But I am at the point where I'm like, there's no reason for me to keep grinding. Like, I know what happens after you beat the champion of the Elite Four. Like, nothing. So there's no satisfactory for, period for me. So I'm just like, I'm done. I enjoyed what I got from it, but I'm not going to commit to it like I did as a kid. But for people yeah. who are super committed to Pokemon, and there are people astoundingly committed to Pokemon, this is the game for them because they can actually see these Pokemon in 3D. Same with the P- Detective Pikachu movie. Like, everyone's pretty sure that the story is going to be pretty by the books, but people want to see those Pokemon rendered in 3D with, like, high-definition yeah. graphics. And that's who it's for. If you don't give a shit about Pokemon, don't complain about the Detective Pikachu movie after you see it, because it's not for you. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably go see Detective Pikachu at some point. It, probably not when it's released, but, like, I don't know, maybe when a few it weeks after. comes out on, you know, like, Google Play Movies or whatever, and I can watch it on my TV. It like, I don't, I don't have high expectations for that, right? Like, it, I, I expect when I eventually watch that, I will come out of it with a sense of satisfaction. I won't be utterly disgusted. You know, like that's well, the bar. <laughs> if you've seen you know, like a tongue, it's pretty disgusting. Well, <laughs> d- disgusted in the sense that, like, I'm disgusted at the capitalist overlords that you know run our society. Yeah. Not necessarily like disgusted by the graphics. I, I don't know. I just feel like they could have sold more copies. They could have done a better job. But this this was a game that I don't know pandered to people that they didn't need to pander to. That's fair. Uh, anyway, they also announce, <laughs> let's move like, on. Another that's Pokemon game. game that's like, I forget, the, with the whole new starters and stuff. I can't Sword remember. Like, yeah, oh, Sword and Shield, that's right. Yeah, uh, based in England. Do they have a release date for that? And it, it is going to uh, be on Switch, right? Uh, yeah, it will be on Switch. And it, it's going to be based off of the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee like, 3D models and stuff. Like, So that's what this was. It was a gateway for them to go into the 3D game exactly. series. And it's going to grow from there. I don't know the release date. Let me look that up. Uh, uh, looks I, like... I want to say it's like soon. 2019. So sometime this year. Cool. Um, but yeah, like Late that's just 2019. The, that's just the next way they're doing it. The way they transitioned from the first game, which was all like very basic color palettes. Like I think maybe into like less than 10 color palettes. And then like Ruby and Sapphire, where they have more detailed animation and a wider range of color palettes. Like this is just a progressive step for how they're going to make the new Pokemon. And maybe they'll take what they learned from Sun and Moon and different mechanics they've done with that and implement them in Sword and Shield. But they didn't want to change it up too much with Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu because it is still a remaster. It can't go too much or else it is an entirely new game. And people who wanted the remaster, who wanted to run around in Palatown and Pewter City and all those again, aren't going to like it. It was for people who just wanted to relive their childhood, but in 3D with higher graphics. Exactly, and that's what I got out of it, and it was fantastic experience. So, I don't know. It's definitely for a specific audience, and to me, they nailed it. So... Yeah. Um, but moving on... Is that on, the only that game? A, well, that's... Yeah, yeah. anything else, Bastard? That's what I mean. First of all, I want to give us a round of applause if I can find <laughs> the sound effect that we were talking about video games for this long. I mean, this is a video game podcast. 
We usually talk about video games. We just usually don't play them as much anymore. True. Um, you anything played else? Anything else, Basta? Um, I, I I played a, a few little games on my phone here and there. Ah, call it, it. I mean, nothing nothing that I'm interested enough to talk about. Nothing that's like captivated my attention. But um, there was actually a game. You remember the uh, cat trolleys? No. Yes, I do. Um, the the guy that. Made, or or woman, I don't know who actually that person is. Um, they made a new little online demo, which is kind of cool. But I mean, it's not it's not something that's as captivating as uh, cat trolleys. So cat trolleys was fantastic. Oh, cat and trolley, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, we'll have to link it in the episode description if we remember to. Um, maybe I'll just t- say the games I've been playing because it's only one and it's not much. And that's the thing. I'm recording too many episodes back to back. And that the yeah. one I did with Mark recently, like it's going to be a little out of order lis- listener, but the game I've been playing is a game called Tetris 99. It's free on switch. So if you have a switch, go download it. It's if you like Tetris, if you have um, the switch online service. So like, yeah, technically free, but you're paying for another service. Exactly. Because it, it only functions with online capability yeah. because the way this works is it's a online Tetris match where you're up against 98 other players. So 99 total. And it's just insane because as you complete bars and stuff, it's sending them to other players. So like you're, it just kind of depends on like the order of like who's doing the best. And you just try to last as long as you can, and it, it gets really intense towards the end. I've only ever really made it into, like, the 30s out of, like, 90s, so there's, like, some really good players out there. But I'm hoping to one day, like, break 10 or maybe get to 1, but I don't think I'll ever get to 1, because I know there's, like, insanely good Tetris players, and I'm just playing casually. But the way it's set up with, like, the controls and everything, it feels really fluid and smooth, and I I like the graphics. It's, it is... Exactly what it is, though. Free Tetris uh, play over and over again. So, like, there's not really many features or anything. I, I, there are some settings and stuff you can adjust, but I'm not that crazy. Like, to me, it's just it's good as good as it is. People, I actually have a game. Oh, nice. I have a game that y'all are gonna like. This reminded me. Uh, Well, actually, no, you're gonna hate it. Um, (laughs) That sounds sounds right. Uh, so this game, it, it isn't a game that you install. It's on Twitter. Um, I already I'll send it. the link. To, I'll send the link to the uh, Skype. Um, it's called Emoji Tetra. And what it is, is every 15 minutes, it posts a new Tetris board with a poll. And the poll responses are um, the different ways that you can move the piece. And you vote and... At the end of the 15 minutes, the game chooses the most popular response and moves the piece in that direction um, and then posts a new tweet with a new snapshot of the game board with a new poll for what to do next. Good um, God. It's Twitch that, it is, on Twitter. It's, <laughs> it is the best thing that has ever happened to Twitter or Tetris. Yeah, um, that is impressive, to be honest. And it's cool that the user interaction kind of determines how it goes. I wonder yeah. if people ever, like, troll it and, like, purposely try to, like, oh, absolutely. fuck it up. Yeah. Um, so w- what ends up happening, um, so I, I'll, like, open up my phone and I'll open up Twitter. You know, maybe I'm pooping at work or maybe I'm, like, on the <laughs> Please, train. Pasta, we try to keep or, this podcast clean. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, I'll see the emoji Tetra, the latest emoji Tetra treats scroll past, 
And, you know, it's easy to just like tap on a response and, you know, go on with your day. But sometimes like the piece will be in like a tricky situation and it's not really clear what the the next best move is. Um, and you'll have like a thread on that tweet of people like arguing, you know, how to like move the piece, um, or, like what to do next. Or, or like you'll vote and you'll see that it's like split like 40, 60 or something. And um, it's interesting. Sometimes you'll see that the piece like move left and then move right and then move left. <laughs> um, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's sort of a fun time waster. Um, there, there's a leaderboard somewhere um, for like how long uh, the, the games last is like a high score. Um, it doesn't list individual players. It's just like the, the individual game, but you, you can like scroll through it and see, uh, it's really interesting. Definitely. There's like on the current one right now, there's almost like 300 votes. So a lot of people are checking it out. Thanks for bringing it up. I definitely followed the account. It's going to be fun to keep up with it. Yeah. It just makes um, me miss the days of Twitch plays Pokemon. That was such a fucking wild ride. Yeah, that's what I mean. All my gaming lately has been nostalgia-fueled. Like, why the fuck am I playing Tetris? I feel like if you would have <laughs> asked me, like, months ago, like, oh, you'll be playing Tetris, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, no, here I am. It's weird. I've actually heard people say there's a strategy to Tetris 99 to the point where um, you can choose to who you send pieces to. It's I don't understand like, that. I want to yeah. know what's going on. Because to me, I'm getting butt fucked. They're just sending it to me, like, insane. <laughs> it's, and it's just like, you're fucked in a matter of minutes. You can choose to send it to players who are doing well, who don't have that many lines, or you can choose to send it to players who are doing bad and try and knock them out early, or you can I choose to, to do, it, do it to players who are sending out blocks quickly and, like, really quickly speeding through it, so it's clearly they have a strategy. So you can yeah. choose who you're sending them to in a way, and that adds an element of strategy to it. It, it seems really simple, like, it's Tetris 99, but then it's people... Um, you can kind of pause. I, uh, pause is the wrong word. You can kind of spin the block over, like when it lands completely before it solidifies. You can spin it and rotate it in yeah. place and wiggle it into small like pockets, crevices. Yeah, yeah. People are really focusing on that because they'll build up, build up a big area and then just knock out a few of those crevices real quick, and that'll just wipe out like the first thirty people instantly. So there is like a weird amount of strategy just by having people compete with other people. Like beyond that, it's just Tetris. But the, like just adding more people have created this real competitive nature, and it's yeah, it's tough now. It adds strategy, but it also adds stress, and it's insane. Oh, like oh my god, it's a really stressful time, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. How about you, Bren? We haven't really heard from you. Oh boy, it's I'm relapsing in the rogue likes. Uh, rogue that's likes, right. Likes whatever. Um, so yeah, I've been playing Necro, uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer like a bit, and I've, I've really haven't gotten much further in it despite playing like another 15 hours of it because it's just so fucking hard and you can just lose a run instantly, especially playing as the monk who can't pick up any coins. So like, that's really infuriating, but I was trying to get ready for, um, the sequel with Zelda coming out soon. Um, and then, uh, Risk of Rain 2 just dropped, like, I think a week ago or so, and it's in early access and like, God damn, this is a like Risk of Rain 2 is legit. This is a very fun game. And it's like I'm amazed to see how popular it is right away too, especially being in early access. And the first game wasn't super well known. It was a well-known indie game, but like it was so difficult, not a lot of people played it all the time. But like Risk of Rain 2 is like I think some of the like one of the top contenders of Steam, like the last few days in a row, like top five or so games. Damn. 
So, like, it's getting a lot of attention, and it's great because it's getting a lot of, like, feedback for the developers, and they can, like, add on to it. Honestly, yeah. the only real problem I've seen with it so far is, be, like, it being an early access, and you thinking it'd be buggy and stuff, is the lobby system and, like, the quick play for multiplayer because you can play with other people now. So that's a bit janky, and sometimes you'll get thrown out of games and stuff, or sometimes it'll take a while to get into a lobby and join a already game and session stuff. But beyond okay. that, like, the game's rock solid. I've had no issue single player. Um, you only play as... You start off as one character, and then you can unlock four or five other characters, I believe. And they come with, you know, different abilities and stuff. And it's it adds so much more just being in 3D. Like, beyond the th- third dimension, the game is relatively similar. But by being in 3D, the mobility adds so much more to the game where it's no longer just, like, just being beaten down and getting the shit kicked out of you by the swarms of enemies, but now it feels like a horde mode where you have to, like, run around dodging them, and it's very Dark Souls-esque where, like, a single dodge can save your life because some of the higher bosses can one-shot you instantly. So it adds a lot to the game, and it's really fun, and I've I've beaten it once by myself, and I don't think I've ever beaten it with multiplayer because it scales with more players, and it just gets insane. So it's really fun i'm really happy i bought it early access and i hope to see more from those developers because cool oh damn that's an enjoyable game um and enter the gungeon the last update dlc for it came out as of this recording yesterday so i've been playing that lot last night and uh, mostly this morning and there's another character you can play as but i haven't gotten them yet so as of right now i'm just seeing more guns which is cool it's always cool to see more stuff and new items. Yeah. But I haven't seen like the bulk of it, which is this new character. And there's a new run, a new run in it, like a new mode uh, to play as when you're going through a run. And it's just, it's basically just, you only get one item per floor. Now all the other items in the floor are pretty much disappear. So it just makes it more challenging that you have less items to work with. So it adds additional element of difficulty, but it's not, really interesting or unique it's just a you know just ties your hands behind your back a little more but pretty much any excuse to get back into enter the gungeon i'll, I'll take it because <laughs> i'm almost at that three hour 300 hour mark so i'll probably hit that Jesus. Later this week yeah i got a problem nice. we all know <laughs> that's um, all i've been playing very cool well that'll do it for the game discussion maybe we'll do some news but if anything, we have Bast on the show, so I'm thinking we should maybe dive into some stumpers if we can. Prioritize that. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Our I didn't realize that was so something I needed to respond to. This is fine. All right. Uh, play out. the jingle. Play the jingle. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you you boys ready for some stumpers? Yes. Here they come. All right. This first one comes to us from the topic cold. Oh. What exactly is cold and where does it come from? (laughs) It is the lack of heat 
And it comes from the lack of heat. <laughs> it comes from outer space. Kind of? I, I was under the assumption that cold came from the North Pole. Because otherwise, why is there a polar vortex? Hmm. What if cold is always with us? It's always present. And it's just the addition or removal of heat. So it's always cold unless you add heat to it. But then you take So what away, you're saying cold is, is the cold was in our hearts the entire time. Yeah. Oh no, but that's the opposite lesson of Kingdom Hearts. We're <laughs> not talking about Kingdom Hearts anymore. <laughs> yeah, the whole I'm reason done. I agreed to do this podcast today is because I thought we were done with Kingdom Hearts. No, we are. I just want okay, to good. bring it good. up. Anything, it's the Frost Miser from A Year Without a What exactly cold. is cold? It's when you're sick. It's not a cold. It is cold. There's between those two. Yeah, I I have a cold, and I believe it came from riding on the subway to get to work in the mornings. Um, Which can be cold. And <laughs> I was cold while I got a cold, yes. Um, that That isn't inaccurate. It's like heavy air? Is that cold? It's like, yeah, so so cold air sinks. Yeah. Um, so does does cold air come from icebergs? Because the Titanic sank when it hit the iceberg. Well, I don't think it comes from icebergs. I think it's the result of, I think icebergs are a result of cold in a specific location. I actually think it's the moon because like the sun's really hot and the moon's really cold and it's just making everything cold. Oh, Doug, grow up. We all know the moon's the back of the sun. Actually, we all know the moon's made of cheese, cheese and you don't freeze cheese, okay? True. <sighs> Come on, Doug. The moon gives you constipation. <laughs> no one poops on the moon. Jesus That's a fact. God. Nobody. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that astronauts have probably pooped on the moon at least once. Maybe not outside on the moon. Okay. They I mean, pooped indoors. But, like, how many times do you poop outside? Me, personally, I feel like that number's skewed. I feel like that's oh, going to scare the data. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even want to know. We're going to move right on to this next stumper. This one comes <laughs> to us from the topic Zumba Fitness. Oh, oh, my specialty. Is Zumba a sport or can it be considered as a sport? Oh, God. See, uh, like, the, the obvious <laughs> answer is no. But then there's a bunch of dumb assholes who don't like getting up out of chairs who try to make poker a sport. And if you think poker is a sport, you're out of your fucking mind yeah i agree not a sport that's like saying chess or checkers is a sport it's like just because it has strategy doesn't mean it's a sport just because you think it doesn't mean it's a sport going up and down elevators isn't a sport but i have to make sure i press the right button what is the term for somebody who does zumba a zumbist zoom zoombor zoom a zoomber zoomber zaboomafu <laughs> <laughs> brothers are they teaching zumba now is that why they got the name so we're here. The uh, the the Mexican uh, Zumba team has uh, entered the <laughs> yoga studio, All and right. uh, it looks like they're turning on the boombox and uh, getting into position. Here we are. Um, uh, what is Zumba? Is it just aerobics, but with like a copyrighted it's, name? It's like aerobics, but you dance. Okay, so aerobics. It's it's like aerobics, but but you you dance and it's very it's very spicy dancing. That just still sounds like so aerobics. You think you can work out? <laughs> yeah, I, it's sort of designed to to trick you into thinking that you're not doing exercise. 
Um, and so it's very popular with people that don't like to exercise. Could we take So You Think You Could Dance and Biggest Loser and mash them together and it's just Zumba based? Would that um, be what that show is? <laughs> or just a colossal waste of time and money like every other reality <laughs> show? So, I mean, here's, here's the real question. Could it be on ESPN? Because if it could well, be on ESPN, it's a sport. Well, I disagree with that because I've seen some dumb shit on ESPN that I would not consider sports. I've seen uh, Overwatch League on ESPN, and I wouldn't consider that a sport. I've seen just well, a bunch of bald men in suits sitting around a desk talking, and I would not consider that a sport. Well, they're talking about sports. <laughs> yes, right? but that in and of itself is not a sport. That's true. I mean, esports e- are weird. Um, the the E stands for um, electronic. E cigarettes. I wasn't going to say <laughs> e cigarette sports. Yes, it's 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 for e cigarettes because they're all vaping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they probably are the biggest vaping demographic. <laughs> I will not. I will not argue the amount of effort and strategy it takes for esports. I will not consider them sports. They're its own thing. They are not in the same. I don't consider uh, Carpe on the Philadelphia Fusion Overwatch League's team on the same uh, region as Usain Bolt or J- uh, LeBron James. Like, they're not both athletes. I agree with that sentiment, although certain people in the modern age would probably that disagree. It's just not the same. Like, one guy just, like, I love esports, I watch them. I play some of the games very badly. I'm not a fucking athlete. I'm not going to pretend like I am. They're very different things. So is is yoga a sport? Uh, if you made it competitive. How, what would competitive yoga look like? Oh, the ones where the couples like put each other like I don't know, the guy balances the girl or whoever on their feet. So like acro yoga? Yeah, and yeah. then they kind of maybe battle it out. Be like gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have two couples you know, balancing on each other's feet and they, they fight yeah, from you can't prone position. And battle that out in there and not expect us to jump on board with that. It'd be cool. <laughs> Make a human Voltron. <laughs> just yeah. Gymnastic. That'd be a, that could be a sport. That could be a sport. Yeah. Mixed martial arts plus yoga. And then like, you're just wrapped up with someone else. So you're like, Hey, this guy's good at kicking and I'm good at punching. Let me get on his shoulders. Exactly. I think it would be mixed martial yoga. MMY. There you go, and, and yeah. throw some breakdance moves in there and kick them in the face. <laughs> it's, oh I mean, God. yoga could be like it could be like how long you could hold the pose, like how difficult the pose maybe it's, is. Maybe it's like competitive hot yoga, where like they just keep cranking up the temperature, <laughs> and whoever is like the last one to lose consciousness wins. Or Someone- goat yoga, but that's animal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> just really cute. They're just like jumping on top of you for some reason. People think that's better. Because no, I just LA it's don't abuse know if they're fighting. Like. Oh, the goats are fighting. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's not wait, abuse wait. if the goats kicking someone's ass. What if it's goat yoga, but it's like a chicken? It's like a cockfight, but instead of the goats fighting, it's the people fighting, and the goats are just throwing money at us while we fight. I think we're stumbling across something here. What did this question start with? How do we I don't know? <laughs> I forgot already. Is Zuba a sport? No. Okay, moving on to the next question. This one comes to us from the topic Christmas, because the last time we did this was for the Christmas episode. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> who, decided that Chris- who decided that December 24th was Christmas? I don't know. Wasn't that <laughs> the whole thing with Jesus? Well, was it Jesus' birthday actually in, like, April and some shit? And it's just the 
appropriation of a pagan holiday of like the winter solstice and that's Christmas as we know so right now. let's let's be very clear <laughs> the Gregorian calendar the, there was nobody <laughs> sitting around that's like all right guys it's 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 currently the year negative one because we got Mary here and she's eight months pregnant she's eight months pregnant we're almost there <laughs> this is- but, 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 but before I go any further let me explain to you the concept of a month we have these groups of this, these groups of days, Sometimes some of them 20. are 28, some of them are 31, some of them are 30. Why? I don't fucking know. It are any is. of them 29 days? No. Only every four years. Every four years. <laughs> God damn it, you're right. It makes me... No <laughs> 32 days? You're insane. Why would First we all, ever do 32 days? This question, though, is ridiculous because it's saying, who decided December 24th was Christmas? It's December 25th. It's a good point, Doug. It's good. It's not even Christmas. Classic Yahoo. Or no, where are we getting these? Oh, goddamn it, Cora. (laughs) So let me let me ask you that. This this is obviously you know this is obviously the uh, left leftist elites. Um, Mm -hmm. So was it Obama that decided that December twenty fourth was Christmas? I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was the little drummer boy. He's like, he's like, yo, I'm burnt the fuck out. I need a day off. Let's take a <laughs> I've been I've been beating on this motherfucking drum for the last twenty three so days. <laughs> My arms are tired. I need a break. Unless any of you can prove that Jesus was was not born today, I get the day off. This kid's the son of God. Why? Why are you questioning God? We gotta celebrate. Break out the hooch and the myrrh. Because we're going to get tipped. The hooch and the murder. Pump, 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 pump. He wasn't drumming. He was having a seizure from overdosing on all the myrrh and frankincense. Is that something the you can poor little drummer I don't boy. even know what it is. I know what gold oh is, God. and then the other two wise men lose me. I don't know what happens after that. And then you got like a bunch of barn animals breathing on Jesus to keep him warm. Like, ugh. That's a stanky savior of God. Or a savior man. Yeah. I, I believe it was someone just trying to cop out and wanted a day off and created their own festivus and it ended up just catching on really fast. Also, you can't have a white Christmas like at any other time. I mean, you can't really have a white Christmas in Jerusalem in the desert, but... I mean, the weird. Southern Hemisphere is a bit of an exception, but like, who lives down there anyway, right? True. Not Jesus. Not Jesus. He's he's abandoned that place a long time ago. And Detroit. You're on your own. Sorry. I, I think Bassett Claus decided it was the 24th because it's actually the 25th. This this next question comes to us from the topic Christmas. <laughs> you you want to update these questions to your Bassett. Yeah, wait. <laughs> How do you say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in Australian? <laughs> And like everything that was coming to me was just the c word in an Australian accent. No one wants that. So <laughs> I'm gonna dip out of that bit. Um, Merry Xmas, mate. <laughs> How do you say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in Australian? You you crack open a cold one with you crack open a Foster's and the Outback Steakhouse, the Crocodile Dundee hat, 
and every other appropriation of that country's culture. And then you say, let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Because there's nothing Australians <laughs> hate more than all of those horrible cliches that Americans make up for no bullshit reason. I think Outback Steakhouse was made in, like, Tennessee. I think that's where it started. Oh, my God. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I can't even. I don't don't think I could do an Australian accent if I wanted to. (laughs) And an Ape New Year. Ape New Year. They just don't pronounce like the hard consonants at the beginning of words. Uh-huh. They just don't have consonants uh, in Australia. They put um, a bunch of fireworks in a kangaroo's pouch and light the tail on fire. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible! Ostriches are party poppers. They, they put a bunch of fireworks in a Kangastan's pouch. <laughs> Kangastan. See now, Doug can't cut that from earlier in the episode. Call back. Crikey. Let's call back. You go up to an ostrich and squeeze it really hard and it makes the party uh, blower noise like, like through the tongue and the mouth. And then it pecks the shit out of you because ostriches are mean and ornery. This last question comes to us in the topic operating room healthcare. Why is it not about Christmas? Yeah, there's no theme at all. <laughs> the theme is Christmas. Does staff in the operating room wear adult diapers? I'm sorry? <laughs> oh What's this now? How is this Does staff in the operating room wear adult diapers? <laughs> um, it's it's a Christmas miracle if you don't shit your pants on the operating table. Apparently, um, no, the it not the patients. The patients are constantly shitting their pants. That's constantly. why they have. I mean, they're pants. not wizards. They don't just disvaporate their poop away like J.K. Rowling says. They're surgeons. They got standards. Unless they're poop sterile, is there? Well. J.K. Rowling did say that uh, wizard surgeons and wizard operating room staff uh, are all into ABDL. And so that they're all wearing diapers anyway. I don't want um, to know what that is. ABDL. Uh, well, there's like five listeners that will, will understand what that means. Um, and they'll all you be grossed out and poor turn off souls. the podcast. <laughs> don't um, bring your weird Chicago kinks onto this podcast, Basta. Oh, it is not a Chicago kink. This <laughs> It's J.K. Rowling's global king. Everyone's into this one. Yeah. All you have to do is go on the internet and search, and I can guarantee you. Um, now, a Chicago kink is is when you stick your dick into a deep dish pizza. You can cut that out. That's- <laughs> uh, no. I mean, it's not going to get any worse. You got a fucking soup of a pie right there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really just a, a very wide, flat uh, tomato soup with, with a bread bowl. It's not even pizza. It's it really isn't. No, it's it's trash. Um deep dish pizza is awful. Uh <laughs> I've had many deep dish pizzas since I moved here. I've yet to find one which I enjoy. Um I just order thin crust. I don't know with how hard you were going at Pokemon Let's Go Eevee earlier. I don't know if you enjoy anything anymore. <laughs> I don't. So no, my life is sad and depressing and, and empty. <laughs> Back anyway, to- that was Stumpers. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> yeah, we'll end it there. Aren't you glad you have me back on the podcast? That's what I was gonna say. Uh, They—they—they're they're not actually uh, wearing adult diapers. They're using a, a litter box. But no, okay, that was. Yeah. <laughs> you just cath up.
It was good to revitalize Stumpers. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, freaking Christmas since we even attempted. And probably before that, who knows when we actually had one. So that was fun. Um, We can maybe do a little show topics and wrap this up with plugs. Is there anything you guys want to mention? I know, Basta, you might have thoughts on the stadia, maybe, if like that's something you want to have any, like, I feel like we really didn't touch on it enough, but it's up to you. On on what? What is? What do I have thoughts on? <laughs> oh, okay. Exactly well, then maybe you don't. Okay, that's exactly Brent's. Uh, the whole Google Stadia, the whole thing where uh, they oh, have like their online. I, I do have some thoughts. So I I posted like a fucking yeah we novel in the channel when when it was announced. That's why I, I mean it's it's quite possibly the biggest thing to happen to video games in the last decade. Um, Bigger than Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> so. Really, it it makes consoles irrelevant, right? And in the very short term, that won't necessarily be a thing, but the consoles have always been a money-losing endeavor for uh, game companies. Um, The Xbox, every generation of Xbox has lost money per console sold. Every generation of PlayStation has lost money per console sold. There has never been a console that has made money because... The, the the developers, or, or, or rather Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, make their money on royalties from the games. And so it makes sense to lose money on the console when you can just make games, you know, sell five games per console or whatever and make back the $30, $50, $100 that you would have otherwise made. Um, but if you suddenly have this sort of like Netflix for video games. Why would you do that? Right? Like why would you pay, you know, $60 for a triple a title when you can pay, you know, $8 a month um, or whatever to be able to play what, you know, however many games. I don't think Google officially released the pricing structure for uh Stadia. It, it 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 just makes sense. Like this is what consumers have wanted for a long time. Back when Blockbuster was a thing, like they were pushing really hard on this. And it makes sense, right? Like you don't play a game forever. There's whole industries built around reselling you the same game year after year, right? Like Madden is guilty of this. Pokemon. Uh, FIFA is guilty of this. Pokemon yep. to some extent, right? Like you would get games that are effectively just like updates on the same thing that they sold you a year ago. And like all it is is like, oh, they've updated the rosters. Yeah, Madden who fucking cares, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, at some point, like it won't matter. Like if you if you're on a subscription, like they're still making money. So finally, they're incentivized to actually differentiate their game from other games by pushing out better content. You know, you no longer are incentivized to pay another fifty dollars to play. You know football with the latest players for that year it just doesn't make sense economically for for the the player um it's also interesting because it means that google is investing really heavily in edge compute um so what this means is historically the approach that companies have taken with trying to do streaming services like this you put a data center somewhere maybe multiple data centers the the content runs in the data center and it streams to you if you're on the West Coast and the data center is on the East Coast, you physically can't get 30, 30 millisecond latency. Light does not travel that fast. It can't be done. <laughs> um, and so unless you're like moving at relativistic speeds or you've got like some other bullshit, like it's, it's just not going to happen. And so 
my assumption is that Google, who's been pushing for this for a long time, is suddenly going to be putting lots of little data centers in ISPs, in warehouses, et cetera, around the world to be able to make this happen. And so instead of connecting to a Google data center that's 200 miles away, you're connecting to a Google data center that's two miles away. Um, this is a big deal for a lot of reasons. Google has been doing this for a long time for storage and content delivery so that when you access a YouTube video, you're not going all the way to a data center in San Jose or a data center in Virginia. You're going to a data set, a micro data center that's you know, housed in the AT&T headquarters that's nearest you. Um, and so that makes streaming much faster. It makes uh, the content delivery much faster um, at the cost of uh, maintaining these small data centers. But if you're putting the, the this type of hardware into place, you're only making back what you make on the service that you're selling, right? So in the case of YouTube, they're only making that back if you're watching YouTube and watching ads. In the case of something like Stadia, you're going to be making a lot of overhead. And so this is suddenly something where the revenue is actually paying for the infrastructure and building that out. The more people play it, the more infrastructure they can roll out and the more players they can support. But it's also something that has a lot of idle time. And so there's going to be a lot of people playing in the evenings. There's not going to be a lot of people playing in the early mornings. And so this gives Google a, a huge opportunity to start selling the idle capacity for these sort of micro data centers that they're going to be spinning up. Amazon really wants to get into this space. The whole reason Amazon Web Services exists, um, this is where like, I think 70% of the internet runs on Amazon servers, is because Amazon ha would have to buy up all these servers to handle, you know, Christmas or like Cyber Monday, whatever. Um, and those computers would just sit idle the rest of the time because, you know, at 3 a.m. on a Sunday, who's buying shit? So what they would do is they would sell off their idle capacity to people to run their own websites. Uh, and that's turned into a business that's, a, that's even bigger than Amazon.com, right? Um, Google now has their own cloud platform. Microsoft has a cloud platform. IBM has a cloud platform. Oracle has a cloud platform. Everybody wants to get on that piece of pie. The next big thing is these edge services where you're streaming video games. The goal is it doesn't, you don't have to go to a big data center somewhere in the cloud. It, it could otherwise run on a console in your apartment, but the goal isn't to have a console, right? The goal is to be able to play the game on your phone, to play the game on your laptop, to be in a coffee shop somewhere. And so being able to have that super low latency and move the computing power closer to you is a huge deal. And for someone like Google, where maybe you're just doing like speech recognition for a Google Home, or maybe you're, you know, like processing, you know, a, a, some sort of request for Google Assistant or whatever, having that super low latency is critical for like the next generation of services. Um, so it's really interesting because Google is now fiscally incentivized to roll this stuff out because it makes it easier for them to offer other services. Um, and their other services also bolster Stadia's offerings. It also means suddenly that multiplayer experiences are no longer going to be trash because the experience that you have on your computer is the same as the experience that anybody else will have on their computer. So there's no longer this like, oh, we need to resync game state. Game state is already in the cloud, right? right? Um, so it's going to change the way people play multiplayer. It's going to change the way that um, you actually interact with the game. Uh, 
the controls are going to have to be designed in a way that's sort of platform agnostic, right? If I'm playing on PC, if I'm playing on a console, like a, like a thin console, like an NVIDIA Shield, um, <clears throat> there, there's a lot of room for innovation there. Um, the, the ability to dial up and down the quality settings, uh, it, it's really an exciting time. From an actual content perspective, it, it really disincentivizes uh, companies like Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo from having these exclusive video games because the only reason you have an exclusive video game is to get people to buy the console. And then once they have the console, then they buy more video games for the console so they can get more royalties. But what you really want is for people to build on your technology and license your technology to put it in the cloud. So suddenly it makes more sense to say, hey, build using our technology and put it on Stadia and then give us a slice of the profits. So I think this is going to be sort of like the next big thing. I would imagine that we'll see other companies coming out with competitors. Um, I would bet that Sony is probably going to make a big push to, to come up with a competing product and probably fail miserably because we all know Sony hasn't done the best with their online services. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it, it's an incredibly exciting time. Um, I think anybody that sort of discounts this is just being sort of stuffy and old and doesn't want to, uh, you know, change the way that they've been doing things. And certainly consoles won't go away for a long time. Right. Um, but when you consider everything, like one thing that Spotify is doing um, Spotify is Spotify is going directly to artists and having the artists upload directly to Spotify, bypassing labels, bypassing the entirety of the music industry and going straight from, you know, the artist MacBook Pro to being on Spotify, cutting out all the middlemen. The artist gets more of the profit. Um, if you imagine the same thing with game developers, you know, consider like Steam Early Access. What if you could play games on Steam with a subscription? And all of the profit went to the game developers. You didn't have to worry about whether the game was available on your phone or on your Mac or on whatever. You could just play it all the time, anywhere. All of your stuff was in the cloud. It just makes sense. And so for the game developers that are like, oh, do I really want to like pay Microsoft like 10% or whatever of my profits versus like paying Google and then having this lasting uh, income in perpetuity because there's no console to go obsolete. Um, it, it from a business perspective, why wouldn't you want to do it, right? Um, you can build an Android app, or you can build a video game that runs on Stadia that people can play on their Android device, or on their desktop, or on their thin console, whatever. Right. So it, it's it's a really interesting piece of technology. They showed off some of the the more interesting demos, which is like using machine learning to do style transfer in games. So being able to sort of like skin the world. Oh damn. Um, that's that's like super interesting being able to like retheme uh the aesthetics of the game yeah um it, it sort of adds a new dimension of like being able to mod a video game imagine being able to mod a video game by like doing like literal graphics replacement on the graphical output of the game itself so you're not actually changing the code of the game you're just like modifying what the user sees yeah um it's it's really a whole new world um oh. it eliminates <laughs> it eliminates the, the issue of piracy. How do you pirate a game that doesn't run on your computer? So like that's super attractive to game developers for indie developers, especially so um, 
I think Google's really going to win with indie developers first before big video game companies. And I think big video game companies um, probably uh, I could I could see folks like Bethesda um, coming in and being like, we'll dip our toe. You know, like we'll we'll like make one game work on Stadia, and they'll be like, "Oh, this actually makes us a lot of money." <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then you know, like slowly rolling out more and more games, and it'll take a long time before like everything is on a service like this. Um, but for somebody who is dealing with piracy, having to like bend over backwards to deal with all of the bullshit that you know Steam imposes on you, and then having to deal with cross-platform compatibility, I mean. It just makes sense. It's so much simpler. It's so much easier. You build it once. Anybody can run it anywhere. Um, and you don't lose money. And it's playable forever. And you don't have to worry about it going obsolete or like some Windows 10 upgrade breaking it. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's the dream anyway. Like, obviously, Google could really fuck this up. And Google's in, <laughs> Google isn't exactly known for, like, hitting it out of the park every single time. So let's hope that they... Uh, yeah, that was get what it right. Mark was worried about. He's like, Google's kind of evil, and I'm a little hesitant to be on board. But overall, it does seem exciting, and I'm grateful for your input, because I knew you had some perspective on it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. When it when it's generally available, I'm definitely going to be trying it out. Super cool. I'm glad we got to fit that in. Well, that'll probably do it for this episode. Let's do some plugs and wrap this one up. Uh, list- oh, God, I always do that. Bastin, <laughs> where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me... Plugging away on Pinecast at pinecast.com, P-I-N-E-C-A-S-T.com. Um, and uh, you can plug away on Pinecast too and sign up for a free account, no credit card required. Uh, when you're ready for the good stuff, sign up with coupon code... Christmas. No, we already uh. used that one. Um, <laughs> Christmas in uh, April. Uh, Drummer boy. Uh, Drummer boy. All one word, all lowercase for mm-hmm. your first month free. <laughs> Pum-pum-pum, motherfucker. Uh, also, right. I'm on Twitter, at Matt Bassa, M-A-T-T-B-A-S-T-A. Follow me, I tweet awesome. funny shit. How about you, Bren? You have another podcast, you traitor. Yeah, where I get all my anime gushing out so I can keep it away from Pasta so he can stop yelling at me and hitting me on Pinecast. He beats me over there. Um, and it's called Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. And I believe this week we did Kakagrui? where you can listen to my other co-host have a mental breakdown on the podcast because it's a show he worked on and almost killed him, literally. Oh, so, God. Yeah. Papa Grookey, the Kaka- new Pokemon? Kakagrookey. <laughs> I mean, fucking might as well be. The names, the, the names don't make any sense at this point. There um, we go. It's a, it's, a, it's a mediocre show, but we get a really good podcast out of it, so I'll take it. Nice. Uh, and then Twitter is ABTS Brendan. I don't do a lot there. I'm going to tell you right now. At least you're letting our listeners know. And listener, if you like our show, tell a family member, tell a friend, uh, follow us on the internet. We're at ABT Silence on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Got to get back into Twitch streaming. We'll see what's going on with that. And there's a potential uh, exciting interview on the horizon. So things are looking good. We will be back next week. Or actually, we'll be back on Friday with a bonus episode with Mark. So look forward to that. It gets real goofy. But thanks for tuning in. See you guys. See you.